It's Ash Zaid, and you're listening to I Got Questions. This is part two of my interview with Andrea. In this episode, we pick up in high school and university, where I find out that Andrea always wanted to be a teacher. We talk about the path that got her to teaching in Korea, going to university for criminology. Then we talk about Korea itself, and you don't want to miss it. We talk about how she was basically sexually assaulted by kindergartners, how she got a helping hand or two in the ladies' change rooms, and eating food that really doesn't go down without a fight. Enjoy. Okay, let's skip ahead a bit, because I want to get to us working together. Okay. So many stories there, too. What was high school like for you, and what high school did you go to? Um, I went to two different high schools, um, Bell and AY. And I remember... What's AY? AY Jackson, high school in Canada. Okay. I mean, good. Uh, everyone seems to categorize themselves into some sort of group in high school. I would say neither high school did I fit into any group because I didn't really attend parties. Yeah. I played all kinds of sports, but I wasn't like a jock, you know, like that's not a group I fit into. And I wasn't overly academic. So, you know, I just, I did my thing and I entertained myself with probably sports and homework. Rubber bands outside. No, that was only in my summers. <laughs> but it's funny because, yeah, I continued that until I was 18. So for sure during high school, yeah, that's an activity I would do. You went every summer? Uh-huh. Until I was 18. For like 10 years? Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Your parents had the best summers. They loved it. And honestly, I loved it. Like to date, I thank God that I got to do that because I am, I have both cultures in my blood. Your parents never came with you? Did they ever go back to Slovakia? Yes, they did, but not like the whole summer. Uh, yeah, because they had to work. Yeah. But did they come with you for like a week and then head back? Like, yeah, once in a blue moon. Okay. Yeah, it wasn't really a thing. Definitely, that was me and my brother thing. Uh, but yeah, mom and dad, I, I mean, I think it took them a few years. Definitely took them a few years. At least dad. I, I think dad was less inclined to go. I think mom was more so. Yeah. So after high school, one, how did you know what to apply for for university? Huh, I didn't. <laughs> Mom helped me pick it. I, I, again, I wasn't incredibly academic. Like, okay. it's not that I wasn't smart. It, it wasn't. It was that I didn't have a goal. I, I was. I thought I wanted to be a teacher, but what does that mean? What do you study to be a teacher? And you know, since I was a kid, I knew I wanted to teach. How? When did you first know you wanted to teach? Like kid, like in Slovakia, wow. I knew I lined up my teddy bears. My parents got me a blackboard, like exactly like that. And I taught my teddy bears and gave them good grades, bad grades. Oh, so cool. Them. Like, yeah, as a kid, I knew teacher for sure. hundred percent. I still don't know what I want. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I have my teddy bears lined up. And they're like, what do you want from me? <laughs> and they're giving you an answer. Eh? <laughs> Oh, that's amazing. Uh, and you kept that up and like you're 18 now and you start, you have to start applying and you're like, I still want to be a teacher, but I don't know It was what. completely in the back of my head of this is what I want to do, but it's not like you can go to teacher's college right after high school, right? No. Like you still have to study something. Yeah. And so that's where the dilemma came is what do I want to study to make this thing happen? And it's, you know, I, I knew I've always wanted to be a teacher, but at this point, studying a university course because it's not directly correlated it doesn't fully make sense so mom and i sat down together actually my mom was the one who was like i see you being a detective she's like do you want to study criminology and i was like i don't know let me read the description and i read it and i was like yes i want this 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 sounds phenomenal when did the psychology part come into it 
it was um, okay so first and foremost volleyball was my life in university I played varsity and I was motivated by it to study to do better to you know like I was a busybody I, I played a varsity sport which meant you train it every day for minimum three hours or you play for three hours like it's a commitment yeah then I studied and I kept up good marks and I worked um, you know I had a job what was your first job first job this was great I worked actually with the volleyball team which meant that you are organizing volleyball courses slash uh, camps for kids and so that was my first thing then I worked at Warren's a jean store yeah I remember Warren's which was super good Rito Center yeah yeah by the food court that's right yeah yeah. Know Warren's. Yeah, yeah yeah did you ever buy jeans there no oh. no but I, I had a friend who worked there what was the name uh, Laura, do you remember the girl who had the funny laugh who was like, ha, ha, ha? Oh, no, but I remember her laugh. I don't remember her name, though. Super short? No, she wasn't like a little person. Yeah, I'm thinking a little person. I remembered her. Yeah? Her laugh was literally, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> like, you know what it was like? If if you had text-to-speech and you wrote H-A-H-A-H-A, <laughs> that was her laugh. Ha, ha, ha. Oh, my God. Ha, <laughs> I don't think I met this person, yeah. <laughs> but we went to university, like, I don't think we overlapped. I was 2003 to 2007. I ended in 2004. So your your first job was working for Ottawa U? Yeah. Okay, and then Warren's. And then Warren's, yeah. yeah. I didn't know that part. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. And, you know, it's today I actually reflected on that, and it's so funny. So first and foremost, I think there's nothing that I do that I don't want to be perfect at. It's, I'm not saying I am perfect at it, but the goal is to be perfect at. And I remember getting a job at selling jeans back then meant the world to me. And I was like, I'm going to sell the shit out of these jeans. Like, I was yeah. so driven to do a good job. Yeah. And they actually put metrics on it, and I could and it's just hilarious to think back of you're just selling jeans like it's probably not that hard right? they kind of sell themselves they kind of do yeah. right it's all it was all brand names it's very whoever came in if they were willing to pay whatever money that yeah. jean cost they knew what they were getting into but still I just I remember of like everything I ended up doing I had to do it really 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 well yeah and stupidly enough too like when you close a store down at the end of the night so let's say the store or mall closes at nine and you have half an hour to clean up yeah even my way of like cleaning up the jeans and folding the jeans like people would half-ass it and i'd be like nope i'm gonna fold the jeans right and i'm gonna make sure they're like set up right and like the perfectionism that occurred like today i thought about it and i was like holy cow that is my personality in a nutshell like self-perfection happened today <laughs> do you want me to blow your mind yeah when I worked at American Eagle, I was a resident gene expert. Oh my God. Oh my God. And I have a denim fold after we record this. Denim battle. <laughs> do you do you tuck the crotch on men's jeans when you fold? Yeah, of course. How else are you going to fold the jeans? Okay, we're doing this. This is going to be a challenge. I yeah, we're challenge. going to denim fold. YouTube. <laughs> Watch out. This is crazy. This is not, okay, the similarities between you and I are still boggling to me. Because, hello, Ash, you're my friend, right? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> what did you study in university? Psychology and then criminology. Uh -huh. Not much different than me doing criminology and then psychology. When did you start doing psychology? Uh, three years. Three years in. Yeah. <laughs> same, <laughs> same public school, same building where they store all the refugees. Yep. 
Then we have to learn how to fold denim. Don't forget cheese whiz. <laughs> <laughs> no, peanut butter. Oh, yeah, Ours peanut was peanut butter. Oh, yeah. It was a French baguette. And I'm like, one, why isn't this bread flat like a pita? <laughs> and why is it rock hard? Oh, yeah. And what is this paste? This so It was so dry. It was the oh, worst yeah. thing ever. And uh, I think Alan said it. Why does all the food come in boxes? Oh, yeah. Everything comes one. in boxes. Yeah. Because in Iran, it's the same thing. Every day you go and buy food. Yes. Yeah. You just go get it fresh. We'd go in the morning. Yeah. My mom would send us out, go get bread. Ooh. And you would go and remember Laura at the Iranian store where they were making the bread? It was not that nice. You'd go in, everyone's sweating. People are sweating over the bread. You're yeah. lined up. It's hot. It's dark. And they like throw a bread at you. Give them whatever money. Every morning, that's how it was. On special occasions. We would get sent to get this meal. I think you know about this. For breakfast, there's a boiled goat head. Oh, yes, yes. And then the family would, like, whoever the elder was, they get the eyes. <laughs> there's only two of them. Delicious. And then my grandma would give me a hammer. Can we, I, I want some brain. Can you s smash the skull? Delicacy all the way. That's my version of, yeah, we got sent to Slovakia. <laughs> Except it was my grandma would give me a hammer while we lived on Byron. Uh, yeah. Yeah, just smash that uh, goat skull. Yeah. All right. So how was university overall for you? I mean, really good in terms of, again, I think my biggest focus was volleyball, then school, then my job. In that order, but at the same time, like whatever at the moment I was focused on, I was focused on. Volleyball was the anchor to my university. Were you a good player? Yes. So I was a very good player until I wasn't. And truth, it's like I was that athlete who, who, if I had a good game, it was like awesome. And then if I had a bad game, it's it it fell apart like crazy. It was two extremes. It's either I was on or I was off. And how was your coaching? Did they like beat up on you? Pretty supportive. Okay. I would say. But in the sense of like, could they help me with my consistency? I think no. I think that was a... You know, it's the same thing. They were like, well, she's on today. Great. We'll keep her on the court. She's our star. Or nope, not today. She's off the court. You know, we got to pull her. Are you like that still with sports like ultimate? So it's not as competitive. Like the level isn't as high. You're not one of those. No, no. Even though ultimate world still offers that. And yeah. no, thank you. <laughs> yeah. No, I'd say I'm, I'm, I'm good at ultimate no matter what is going on. Even my bad is fairly good. It's just it's not as competitive. Like I don't need to be as on as I would need to be as on during my varsity years. If you were, if you kept up volleyball, is there life after university for that? Um, I tried to go to Europe, to be honest. No. Yeah, and and to be fair, I think I tried to do it for the sake of I should probably do it, but I think I lost the spark for it. Like it's. 10 years of intense volleyball, you know, five years before university hit and five years of university. By the time I graduated, you know, it was, do I continue and try? And I probably wasn't good enough, but I was kind of thinking, what else am I going to do, right? right. Like I should go play or I go try other ventures. And I ended up doing other ventures. I ended up in Korea. But yeah, my thought was, I guess I better play volleyball in Europe. Did you do teacher's college too? Yeah. Uh, no. So the plan was to go teach abroad, see if that was going to be a thing, and then come back and do teacher's college. Now I know you want to be a teacher. Mm -hmm. Was it a big deal for you to be like, oh, I'm going to go to Korea, somewhere I've never been on the other side of the world alone to teach? Or were you so used to traveling at this point yeah. where you're like, eh? So if you're asking like to teach, was that a big deal? No. I taught 
throughout university because of those camps, right? The volleyball camps. I was always in a teacher mentorship position. And then, yeah, traveling. I think very little phases me about experiencing different cultures or different worlds. So no, I don't know. What was the biggest culture shock, like the first one in Korea? <laughs> They're not appropriate. I'm not going to lie. I, I don't... For what? <laughs> What's the audience? What's... <laughs> Yeah, they they involve a JJ a lot. But no, I said the first thing. It's not like you get off the plane and it's like, oh, these women don't have pants on. Um, okay, let me think back then. We'll get to what you're talking about. <laughs> but I mean the first thing, okay, you, you bought your ticket. First of all, did you go alone or did you go with friends? There was a friend who went with me. She didn't stay with me. She didn't teach at the same school as me. So even though we were kind of there together, we experienced Korea pretty much alone until, you know, I, I created a group, a friendship. So yeah, so I didn't go alone, but I wasn't really with another person. And she wasn't like your roommate or anything? No, that's the thing, right? So different apartments, different schools. Did you have a roommate? Uh, no. Okay, so that's good. Yeah. So first culture shock... Okay, I don't know if it's a culture shock, but I'll say a shock. Okay. So back to the fact that the two of us came to Korea together. We actually got picked up by both schools at the same time. So they knew we were coming together. So both schools send representatives to pick us up from the airport. Okay. And then bring us to our respective apartments. So we actually stopped in my like girlfriend's apartment first. And so her apartment is nice, clean. They filled her fridge a little bit. It was great. Like she had milk or whatever else she wanted. She could survive her first few days okay. on what they provided. And I was like, wow, studio apartment, pretty nice. Like small, we're in Korea, of course, but nice. So then she stays there and we go to my apartment with my school representative. And we get to my apartment and my apartment, I'm like is this the right apartment? That was my first reaction. I'm like, this is meant to be my apartment. The reason why I asked is because there was an unmade bed in my apartment. And then there was an open drawer full of clothes. And then there wasn't like a fridge full of food. Like, hey, they just bought me milk to survive my first few nights. Someone lived there that had unopened butter and unopened, I don't know, whatever else they had and dirty dishes in the sink. And like, this was a lived in apartment. Like lived in that day, it sounds like. Exactly. And they're like, this is yours. And I'm like, no. <laughs> I know how you are with dirty dishes. You don't know the signs she printed. Put out. There's a lot of exclamation marks and capitals. <laughs> yeah, so I that was my first shock. As in, I just saw what my friend got, got as a teacher in this country, in this reception of like, you've come to our country to teach English. This is how they treated her. And then I come into this apartment where I'm like, someone lived here. The bed is still warm. I swear to God. Like what is happening? Good hospitality. <laughs> so, I mean, through investigation and again, not much phases me. I don't care too much. Like the shock was there for sure, but yes, not much phases me. And so I cleaned the apartment. I made it my own. I threw out the stuff that belonged to whoever because I realized that the teacher that was teaching for the school before me, this was fantastic, ran away. Yeah, yeah. Hated her job so much. She pulled the plug and was like, peace out, I'm out and left everything as she left it. Amazing. So you have a whole new wardrobe. <laughs> Some butter. Fabulous. Yeah, butter. Okay. So you clean it up. Do you remember your first day at school? Okay, so here's the thing. My school was actually of kindergarten kids. And then 
like regular school kids. So the difference of those two age groups is that kindergarten kids more than likely have never heard English before. <laughs> so that's an amazing thing to be thrown into. Yeah. The rest is easy. They give you kind of a curriculum you have to teach and the bonus is that you can speak this language, pronounce the words and you know, that's the magic. But kindergarten is like you're half babysitting and half introducing these kids to like a language they're it's so foreign to them right so i go to this class and i remember being there and there's always a korean teacher there to support you okay thank god yeah 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 because you're there's no way to communicate right even body language wouldn't work with these nuggets like they're okay here's the other difference in Canada, you're born and you're starting at zero to one. In Korea, you're born as one and you grow to two, right? So I'm teaching five-year-olds in kindergarten, which means they're four-year-olds. Okay. So they're really young, like really young. And so anyway, so you get into this classroom. You have, again, a curriculum that you're expected to teach. And so you have your signs of ABCs and A represents apple and blah, blah, blah. Okay, no problem. I can teach A represents apple, B represents B. Will a four-year-old sit through my lecture of A equals apple and B equals B, you know? Absolutely not. So really interesting struggle. And then, you know, they're all talking to you in Korean because they don't understand that you don't speak their language. And it's hilarious. But I'll tell you one story. There's this thing in Korea. It comes from a video game. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's not how it goes, but close. (laughs) Okay. So what he's referring to, do you know? It's a game. But not the kindergarten kids. Oh, yeah. No. Oh, yeah. Okay, go okay. on. So this is one day I wore a skirt. Under my skirt was a thong. And these little nuggets decided to do this video game thing to me. So the video game thing to me is where they put their hands together. They point their index fingers together up. And then they go approach a person from behind. And then they take this weapon. <laughs> <laughs> the Me Too movement. The, yes. If only back then. Yeah. And then they shoot it up the rear. So, okay, I'm a foreigner. I'm a Westerner. I'm way taller than everyone else. Yeah. Which is abnormal because I'm not that tall. And I'm wearing a skirt. And these little four or five-year-old nuggets approach me from behind. And they use their weapon. They get intimate. <laughs> they get very <laughs> intimate. And I lost my shit. Like. What did they yell when they do it? Dongshi. <laughs> of course you remember I can't wait to do this to Alice oh my god no it's Alice who does it to you come on <laughs> that's right <laughs> next time you come over I'm gonna teach her to do that to you oh my god yeah. oh my god I'm not wearing skirts anytime I'm coming over doesn't matter no not doing it but yeah so they did it to me and I freaked like I freaked hard and the Korean teacher was there and she did intercept and she had to like manage the situation because I was emotionally like, hell no, you're not going to do that and put your fingers in places that they absolutely don't belong. And yeah, this is not a game. And to them, they're like, it is a game. I saw it on a video game and my bigger brother did it. And da, da, da. I don't like, wow. Have you done that to anybody? God, no. Come on. Even when you're drinking. Okay. Remember when you asked me earlier, is this, you know, is there any topics off? This one's off limits. (laughs) (laughs) You're right. I don't, I don't want to (laughs) know. Did that only happen to you once? Yeah. 
because I yelled at them so hard. But I just like imagine the other classes you had. They you hadn't know, heard that rumor about you. They were older. She doesn't dung she. It's, it's, it's older. I think the older kids knew. Though. Okay. It, they knew. They can't pull that on you. They can't. There were a lot of culture shocks after that, but not one where they crossed my personal space. <laughs> what about the change rooms? Oh, okay. This is where, yeah. There, there, people cross lines in those rooms. Big time. Western lines. Not their lines. Western lines. My favorite story you told was when someone came up behind you and you were trying to put lotion on and you're trying to reach your back and suddenly you feel strangers' back, hands on you yeah. applying lotion to you. They took care of it. <laughs> <laughs> the spots you can get on your back in the change room. So this isn't even how it started. <laughs> So there's this one day where, I mean, Laura, you're sitting on, on my left side here, and I'm sure you can relate. Sometimes when you're trying to take your bra off or put your bra back on, it just isn't working. Those claps, you know, they just don't want to get together. And, I can relate. Right? <laughs> <laughs> And so anyway, I'm in this Korean gym and obviously they're separated still, male, female, in the change room. And I'm trying to put my bra back on and I can't. And before I know it, there is a woman behind me putting my bra on for me. And it's like, hands, they're not mine. They're there. <laughs> and she's older, was, I'm imagining. For sure she's older. Yeah. They refer to them as ajuma. Yeah, and it just means older woman. Yeah, They're and, just and, always naked in the change rooms. Okay, so they are. It's not necessarily part of the story, but absolutely they are. They're very comfortable amongst their own gender to be naked it's it's absolutely so i would say i am too because i'm european and i still say i am european more than western world you know north american because i ran into that right that was a culture shock where i was like no problem i can be naked but you know women here weren't quite like that. yeah in korea it's the next level of like europeans are put to shame yeah absolutely but i like change rooms here at least with men Anytime I've ever been in a change room, there's always naked old men. I've never seen them work out, but there's always just naked old men walking around doing all their grooming in the change room. It's not even like I'm just changing. They will shave, they will shower, they will do everything. Their face. <laughs> okay, that's fine. Their face. You can see in your peripheral a lot of darkness in the nether regions. But yeah, they're always naked, taking their time. And for me, when I'm in a change room, I'm in and out. I, I, I don't like go in a stall and hide. But at the same time, I don't just walk around talking to people. Yeah. I'm sitting on a bench and being like, oh, so that Trump. <laughs> <laughs> I just change and get out of there. Yeah. You don't, you don't stretch your legs out while you're... No, I don't put a leg up on, no. on a stool okay. or something and stretch my glutes or anything. No. So not in Korea. No, <laughs> not in Korea. In Korea, I'd get help. They'd help me with my stretch. Their nakedness and the comfort with it, again, to date, amazes me. So, okay, the bra thing was one thing. There was a time where I would be in a change room, and again, I did a workout. I'm, you know, I just showered, and I'm trying to put lotion on my back. And I'm completely comfortable with the fact that there's places my little stubby arms aren't going to reach on my back. But no, not my friends in the change room. They're there. They're there. And they're lotioning my back for me. Did you have to tip them? Like the guy who gives you paper towel and perfume in the bathroom? All free. All, <laughs> All free. free in Korea. You should work for tourism Korea. <laughs> it's, it's such a contradiction because when I think of Korea, I don't think of people who are like 
kind of like hippie like this. Yeah. But apparently in change room, anything goes. It's not the change room. It's the gender. This is the amazing thing that blew my mind is that if it's within your own gender, anything goes. If it's outside of your gender, that's where those restrictions fall hard. And so like none of that fits with the Western culture. No. This this was the the opposite. It is the opposite, right? Like boyfriend, girlfriend can hold hands here but not there like it's not really in public it's you gotta protect that yeah but for example it's completely usual where in my classroom a boy and boy or a girl and girl would hold hands or you know play with each other's hands like and and it's innocent it's not sexual at all it's just a way of showing friendship yeah and and they do it but it's only with the same sex that's kind of european or like at least like in Iran and India too, I've seen, well, India is a bit different. It's like guys will walk down the street holding hands. Yeah. But at least like, you know, in European or Middle Eastern countries, like guys will put their arms around each other, yes. walk down the street. Yes. So it's kind of normal there. Here, if you do that, you'd get like a bottle thrown at you. Yeah. Well, you have like three different degrees, right? So in North America, if you're a boy and a girl, go for it. Do yeah. what you got to do. But if you're, if you're the same sex, no. Yeah. You don't show affection, right? Whereas in Europe, you're that middle ground of like, you're an affectionate group of people. Just romantics. Just, they are, right? So like an arm around a shoulder is not a big deal. Yeah. But then you get to Asia and it crosses another threshold. Lotion on the back is not a big deal. Correct. Not a big deal. Strapped a bra on. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) So you're there three years? Three years. When and why did you decide to leave? Uh, I look at it as a three-tier experience. So my first year, shock. All shock. Everything was shock. And it was so much fun. I, I loved getting Lotion. my bra put back on. Like, <laughs> I was like, whoa. You guys are so on? advanced here. <laughs> it was so surprising. And it was so unusual. But again, things don't phase me, right? So it was really fun to be so surprised by so many different things. I've never heard anyone say it was so fun to be surprised in the change room. I love this country. <laughs> you never know what you're going to get behind your back. You really don't. There's so much more I'm not sharing on this podcast, but it was a lot of fun. And yeah. it definitely made me just, tolerate's the wrong word because tolerate's almost a negative word, but it just accept. made me accept, yeah. you know, like, hey, this is a totally different country, totally different nation that accepts ways of being in ways that I didn't even think about just because right. I'm not exposed to it. Yeah. But who's to say what's right and wrong, right? Yeah. So it was really fun. So uh, I think year, I can say, but okay. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's wrong to put lotion on a stranger well, without asking their consent. Western men's change. change yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. yeah. But I would I would never see a back and some guy reaching like uh, yeah I got I got, I got that for you bud I got you yeah that's the westerner in yeah that's pocket. how I get my yeah. legs broken yeah. <laughs> okay so that's year one yeah that was year one and so shock 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 all the way but positive but positive right yeah. like just new experiences and then year two it's like I got my legs on the ground I knew what was happening and i i it's like i ruled that year i knew what was going on i knew how to navigate a taxi i knew how to you know order in a restaurant you know i had it and it was so smooth did you have uh, a bit of korean by this time like yep. knowledge speaking yeah. wise yeah speaking and then reading and that was a big deal too right yeah. like you can you can read and so 
it's it's simple if you could read their alphabet then it just you know this restaurant serves pork or you know whatever it just it just became simpler but the third year was my tough year because third year was when you do start to feel the disconnect and so the disconnect for me personally was where you know I had kids in my classroom where I could see their either need for westernness which i would be like i can teach you about i can explain that culture but then there were others that you know were showing the korean culture and that korean culture parts of it really did not resonate with me there were so many parts where i was like i don't believe in this or i don't agree with this and this is high school age i'll give an example so i taught both in schools and then i taught privately and then one of my private students was just graduating university and so as part of my class i had like 20 questions that she had to answer about her graduation and one of my questions to her was do you um celebrate graduating high school you know and the answer is yes and i said how do you celebrate you know graduation and i said i asked for plastic surgery from my parents and i i was i was like how old are you you know and she's just i'm 18 i said what did you request as plastic surgery but i'm already in shock like i'm already yeah i don't like where this is going um but yeah in in all fairness who am i to judge but at the same time, it just wasn't this accumulation of things that I've been seeing. And this was yeah. like a major tipping point. And this was a problem because I was in contact with kids every day. Yeah. And so I, I was I was in contact with these types of situations every day. And then, of course, once you get to a point of... You can't stop seeing. You can't stop seeing things. And, and I knew it was a problem because it was almost like I was, you know, a, a person of authority in a classroom with these kids and i was starting to teach high school kids at that point in my third year that's who i was teaching and yeah it was crazy that you know it's it's we're getting into a conversation in a classroom and i would have to either hold back or know that i'm crossing a line and it became it's not that it was hard it was just uncomfortable yeah and I just, I knew that for me to stay, I would want to change everything and everyone and how they think or see things because I was so uncomfortable with how they thought about things or saw things. And so I knew that's the time to go. With the three years you were there, were you traveling back and forth in the summers or breaks or anything? To Canada? Yeah. Uh, I think I made two trips. Okay, so you were there like consistently. Yeah. Most of my travel was within Asia. Uh, let's talk about food. Mm-hmm. What's the best and the worst thing you ate? And it doesn't have to be in Korea, but if you're traveling around that time. Oh, okay. Well, okay. I loved everything I ate, almost. The worst. Okay. It's it's the worst because it gave me no value as far as food goes. Okay. Uh, but it was weird. Okay. The worst would have been in Korea. The delicacy is live octopus. I have videos of this, of what I ate. I don't understand how I did it. But again, it's things don't necessarily phase me right it's a bowl of octopus tentacles and they're chopped into pieces they're like i don't know three three inches pieces but the nerves are still alive so they're all moving so you get a bowl of this and it's like worms that's what it looks like and then you take a piece and you dip it into usually sesame oil and salt and then you eat it and 
the sesame and salt makes it bearable. What's funny is that because these things are technically still alive, they stick to stuff. So my first bite stuck to my chopstick and I was like trying to suck it off the chopstick and it wouldn't want to go and I was with a Korean family who was like you know we want to teach you our culture and they were messing with you no they were loving it they were just like this is one of our you know best kept secrets it's amazing so I'm like trying to suck it off this chopstick and it was hard anyway I got it off and then as soon as it was in my mouth I was like like I just tried to kill Kill it it. as quickly as possible Anyway, I took another piece. It didn't get stuck on the chopstick. It went in my mouth. But this one got stuck on my teeth, like the suction cups on the tentacles, like right to my teeth. And I was like, oh, my God. And so I had to take a, the chopstick and like pry it all my, off my teeth. And same thing. I was like, like just trying to kill it as quick as Did possible. Did it taste like anything or just the Nothing. sesame? And- That's the thing. This is the funny thing. And there's a lot of foods I found that they flavor by other things. So I don't, I never understood that concept of like the texture that they yeah. loved. But these tentacles were the same thing. Like whatever you dip it in is as a Westerner, that's where I got my flavors from. And this is how I feel about seafood in general. Yeah. Generally, it has a really strong like seafood flavor, but then you have to dip it in things. Yeah. And then it's good to go. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's disgusting. <laughs>